0: Just like that song that Brennan just sang to you, that medley, there are seasons in all relationships. There are different seasons. So today we're gonna be talking about those different seasons. And as I reminded you, church, every single week, maybe you are someone who's not married, maybe you're someone who is just dating, or maybe you don't have a significant other at all right now. I want everybody to be paying attention. Maybe you're widowed or divorced. I want you to pay attention because you could be helping somebody else out that's close to you in your family with relationships. So today we're going to be talking about those seasons. And this whole Song of Solomon, this is a, a book basically about love. It's between a man and a woman, and it's about the love that they share. And that word love is something that we have distorted in today's society we have twisted it and turned it around so much. But God gives us the, the true definition of love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4-7, through 7. and he says this to us, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, and it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always trusts, it always protects, it always hopes, and it always perseveres. And if you read clear to the bottom of that chapter right there, it says this, love never fails, church. It never fails. And so today we're going to be talking about those different seasons, and I want to look at how do we either pursue our spouse or how do we go about pursuing a potential spouse? And so, you know, there are, there are different seasons to relationships. I want you to think about any relationship that you have in your life right now. There's different seasons to it, right? I mean, sometimes you're like, man, this is amazing. And other times, like, I can't wait to kill him. You know, those kind of things, they, they fluctuate up and down. There's different seasons. But listen, in every season, there's a purpose, Every single season in a relationship, there is a purpose, but the challenge in our culture is when we talk about pursuit, as we're talking about pursuing your spouse or a potential spouse, when we talk about pursuit, there's so much emphasis on the physical end of the pursuit, you know, what they look like or or what you're going to get out of it, right? And, And so often we forget about the emotional side of the pursuit, and most definitely, we forget about the spiritual side of that pursuit. You know, I remember in eighth grade and, and over there at that church building, I remember in eighth grade, uh, Mary, who was my girlfriend at the time, I remember it was a big, I couldn't wait for church. <laughs> it wasn't because I liked the music either. I liked my girl. And it was a time where we would get to sit together, and, and, and I remember we were kind of new in our relationship, and, and we're, we're sitting there in the pew, and I'm like, today's the day. I'm going to make my move. She was already my girlfriend, but I wanted to seal the deal. And, and so I, I thought about it. I'm thinking, like, maybe I'll do the old, uh, I chickened out. I didn't do it. And so I'm sitting there. It's church service going on and on. And, and suddenly I realize I'm like, that's it. I'm gonna just break it down. I'm gonna do it. I don't care what the consequences are. And so I did it and she liked it. She kind of snuggled in on me, you know what I mean? And so there I am in all my glory in church, sitting with my girlfriend, just enjoying it. I wasn't listening to no preaching. I wasn't listening to no singing. I had my girl and my arm was around her, right? Staking my claim kind of deal. And then it was summertime. And for those of you who have been around the church for a long time, that church, I think it might have been before air conditioning, it got hot. Hot, hot. And so we're sitting there, and I got my arm around her, and, and all of a sudden I see Mary lean over to her friend. Her name was Jennifer Kim, and they're, and they're whispering I'm thinking, like, yeah, she's talking about how great I am and all this kind of. And then Jennifer writes on a note, and then she hands it over to me, and the note said this. Mary wants to know if you will take her arm, your arm off of her because she's too hot. So today, what I want to do, I'm here today to set you free, to help you all do so much better than that in in your relationships, okay? So I want to talk to you about a way that you can pursue your spouse or your future spouse in a way that honors God, number one, in a way that honors God and pursuing them in all seasons, okay? First, the first thought, if you're taking notes here, and I hope you are, for those of you who are not married, listen, all you single people. For those of you who are not married, the first thing is this, you will have a season of preparation. God preparing you. See, God always prepares his people, he does. So you have a season of preparation. And listen, God loves you enough he loves you enough to prepare you to walk through whatever season as you're going to go in life, and a season of preparation. So we're going to go to the Song of Solomon. Remember, this is where we're at. We're in chapter 2 today, and I want to start out with verses 11 and 12, and check this out. This is the girl. She's speaking here. She says, "'See, the winter has passed. The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land.'" And so, church, winter, winter is the season that they were at in this relationship. So what season will they be in if they're coming out of winter? Remember, this is preschool, kindergarten stuff. What season? Spring, right? So they're entering into spring in their relationship. It's the spring season. And she has recognized that they've had that season of winter. And you know what winter's like, right? It's hard. It's cold. It's rough. And so what is a season of winter in a relationship? What's a season of winter? It's this. It's a season of preparation, number one, where there's roots that are growing deeper. Church, trees, shrubs, plants, during the wintertime, that's when they grow. They start digging deeper in the winter. And so the winter season is a season of preparation. And some of you, you wish right now in your relationships that you are in a season of spring. You wish you had that perfect someone right now. You're longing for it. But I tell you, God might have you in a winter season right now on purpose because he's preparing you. Church, he's preparing you for spring. It might be a season that you need to focus on yourself. It might be you getting better up to yourself it might be you getting closer to God it might be where you have to work through some issues you know what your issues are you got issues right church we all do that you might have to be working through some issues so why why would we a lot of people think that when you're going through issues like if I had a man or a woman with me you know what things would be so much better no why would you want to bring someone else into your mess because it's going to end in crazy Seriously, See, it's going to end in crazy. I don't know what this looks like for you, but, but don't neglect God's work during the winter season. Don't neglect that work. See, some of you would love to be in that relationship, but quite honestly, God is healing you right now. He's healing you from some past hurts that you've had in your life. Maybe you had a marriage that went horribly wrong. Maybe you were dating someone who's betrayed you terribly. Maybe they hurt you and you're trying to learn right now to forgive. You gotta forgive, church, you do. Maybe you're starting to heal your soul right now because of something that was done to you. You know, you're getting to a place where you're almost able to start trusting some people again in in your life, right? You're in winter, but listen, God is preparing. He's doing a work in you. He's preparing you for that next season. You know, church, it, it could be spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking, that your spiritual roots need to grow deeper, that you just need to get closer to God first. They have to grow deeper. Those spiritual roots, you getting closer to God, they have to grow deeper before you are strong enough to sustain the weight of a relationship. Because listen, if you don't have a strong foundation centered in Christ Jesus, I'm telling you, your relationships are gonna be brutal. They will be. So some of you, it might be very practical. You might need to learn to make your car payment every month on time. You might need to learn to show up on time for work every day. Before you get in a relationship and trying to take care of somebody else, you need to learn how to be practical and take care of yourself. You need to maybe even learn to change your underwear more than every three days, (laughs) fellas. (laughs) You really need to learn some responsibility before you can be in a good relationship. You gotta learn some responsibility. You're in a winter and listen, winter is not a bad thing. It's not, it's where you grow and you can't have spring without having winter. You Can't have spring without having winter. See, you might be in a season of preparation. You might, you might struggle, listen to me, you might struggle with how to date a guy or a girl with integrity, you know what I'm talking about? You might have a hard time knowing how to date someone with integrity and some of you all, basically all you know how to do in a relationship is sin. And God wants you to correct that. He doesn't want you to live your life that way. And, and so maybe, maybe it's you're being dishonest with your words with someone. Maybe you got wandering eyes towards someone else, right? Maybe you're crossing those sexual lines that, that God has put in place for your own good by the way. Maybe you need to quit dating until God can renew your mind. So if you are in a winter, embrace the season, church. If you're in a winter time, you embrace the season and you let him prepare you. If you're not married yet or you're dating, listen, you're in a season of preparation. Second season I wanna show you today is this, a season of infatuation. A season of infatuation, it's when you meet someone And man, when you first meet that person, right, it's interesting, it's fun, it's very exciting. You meet them, and you think, man, they're perfect, right? Perfect, perfect, perfect. They're just the greatest. You know, all the love songs on the radio, every time you hear one, it finally makes sense to you, doesn't it? You're like getting it now because you're infatuated, right? You, You know exactly what I'm talking about. You look up into the clouds, and you see hearts up in the clouds, even though nobody else sees them. It's the signs you're looking for. This is most likely what's going on. It's a season of infatuation. Check out Song Psalms chapter two, verse eight. She says this, listen, my beloved, look. Here he comes leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. So she sees him coming towards her and he's all excited. He's thrilled to be heading towards this lady, right? He's just got it going on. And so picture this for a moment. He's so in love. He's so in love, so what is he doing? Man, he's moving fast. He's light on his feet, right? You know, he, I'm coming to see you, smiling from ear to ear. He's waited all day long for this moment right here. You know, we're going to movies tonight. I brought you some candy because I'm too cheap to buy it at the counter, right? <laughs> and I even got you a card, baby. It was, I was thinking of you today. So here he comes, bounding over the hills, it says. Check out verse 9 with me. And it says, my beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. Now, we could look at this a million different ways right here, church. We could say, all right, he's playing peekaboo. Hey, I see you. Waiting for her to see him. But it can also be creepy. (laughs) if you aren't in a really close relationship don't you be peeking around and looking okay you just don't you don't do that you know in, in some ways it can be creepy in other ways it's absolutely cute to your lady don't be doing that right when it's creepy you know it's inappropriate if you know what i mean all right? So as long as we got that out of the way. So, so it's kind of like, you know, he's like, hello, you know, I, I think you're so cute kind of look. He's just looking at her, waiting until she sees him. And here's the thing, church, in verse 9, she likes it. She likes it. He's being very flirty with her. And so here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's how it breaks down. 20 years later, it's 50-50. In this relationship, 20 years later, it's 50-50. 50% of the time, she will like it, fellas. But the other 50% of the time, she'll hate your guts for it. <laughs> she will. I don't know. It's a phenomenon, right? It's the weirdest thing. You know, men, if you aren't married yet, you need to know this. Seriously, you do. You've got to get this down. When married, you can come up to her on Monday. You can say something cute. You can say something. She's like, oh, you're... And if you do the same exact thing on Tuesday, you are disgusting. Why are you talking to me and why are you looking at me that way? True story. Ladies, I don't know. There's no rhyme or reason. It's the mystery of women that nobody has figured out since the history of the world. So, okay, he's peeking at her and she thinks it's adorable. Let's go in verse 10, if you will. It says, my beloved spoke to me and said to me, Arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. So church, listen, they're going on a date. They're infatuated with one another. So there is that season of infatuation where everything's good, right? Everything's perfect. Maybe you have a season like this in your life. You know, I did a little bit of research this week on infatuation, the emotions behind infatuation. And experts say, Experts say the infatuation season, it lasts about a month to six months. That's it. <laughs> about a month to six months. And in very, very rare cases, it can last up to two years, that infatuation season. So a lot of times you're in the season of infatuation, and you're thinking, man, it cannot get any better than this. And then when it gets bad, what happens is you panic. You panic about it. And you're thinking like, man, what's going on here? I I can't handle this. And you panic and you try to run. Guys are known for this. They run, right? When it gets bad, you panic and you take your toys and you go. That's what a lot of guys do. But see, when you're in that season of infatuation, And you think it can't get any better than this. I want you to know, church, it can get indescribably better than that. It can get way better than an infatuation stage, but it first has to get real. Relationships have to get real first. During infatuation, what you feel, it it isn't real. It's not. It feels real to you. It's an emotion. But it's not real. It's not the depth of commitment of that real sacrificial love. See, if you work through everything, through the everything is perfect phase to the this dude is not perfect at all phase, and you actually lay down your life to serve someone in marriage. Church, did you hear what I say? To serve someone in marriage. You are called to serve the person that you are with. We are called to serve one another. The Bible makes that clear to us. It's not one person serves the other one and the other one gets a life of leisure. No, you are to serve one another. And and so you go through some really good times and you go through some really hard times. Some things you're like thanking God, like, oh God, this is awesome, thank you. And then other times you're just asking God to help you hold on till things get better. So you learn to forgive one another. Church, you learn to work through the pain. And you learn to seek God in all seasons. Think about this. 10 years, 20 years, 45 years into it, into this relationship, you can have something indescribably and infinitely better than the infatuation stage if you want it. You got to want it. If you want it, you can have that, right? and Because you can, you can have the lay down your life, to love him or her as Christ loved the church, right? I'm talking about the depth of intimacy and friendship that stands the test of time. You can have that. If your marriage honors God, listen to me, if your marriage honors God, you will work through all those seasons. You will. And for those of you dating right now, I know you're infatuated with your hottie, okay? I know you are. Let me give you three things to limit during this time. Parents, pay attention. This will help you out, okay? Limit your time, your talk, and your touch. Limit your time, your talk, and your touch. You're going to want to spend every waking moment together, right? So listen to me. Don't abandon your friends. Don't you dare quit your job to spend all your time with this person. You incorporate yourselves into each other's worlds. I'm talking about family, I'm talking about church, I'm talking about friends, your potential success will depend on being in a spiritual community, in a spiritual community where there's strength around you. Don't you dare abandon all your relationships to go after one person, so you limit your time, you limit your talk. Listen, don't you dare on your second date say that I love you. You are the one for me. I've been waiting for you. Ladies, I'm telling you, if someone is telling you that right now, more than likely you want to run. Seriously, it, it doesn't work that way, right? He might be playing with your heart. This happens all the time. People get too, too serious with their words. They get too serious with their words, and they are putting too much pressure on a relationship that doesn't have the foundation to withstand that kind of pressure. So you build a spiritual relationship first. Spiritual friendship first. The longer you're building a friendship, the stronger the foundation will be. For those of you who are dating, I'm telling you, one of the greatest people that you can date and marry is someone who is a really good friend first. It works out so much better. So the longer you're building that friendship, the stronger the foundation will be. And if you overspeak, the relationship is going to crumble quickly. It really will. So you limit your time, right? You limit your touch. I'm sorry. You limit your time. You limit your talk. And the last thing is this, limit your touch. Listen, I'm being straight up here, right? I'm going to be straight up. The moment moment you start honking, squeezing, patting, whatever you want to call it, all right? I'm being honest. Song of Solomon. (laughs) Then all of a sudden, those lustful emotions are going to take over. It really is and the relationship will go somewhere that God does not designate it nor want it to go. And you do not want a relationship built on a lustful attraction. It's gonna collapse quickly. It will crumble. You wanna build on a spiritual attraction, a friendship attraction, and on a solid foundation. So in your infatuation time, you limit your time, your talk, and your touch. And so what are you gonna see? You will see that you're dating someone, you will have a season of preparation, you may also have a season of infatuation, and In all those seasons, I want to encourage you to pursue intimacy. The world confuses that word. We, we screw up love. We also screw up intimacy. And everyone thinks intimacy is romance, right? It's not. Intimacy is not romance. Intimacy is not flowers. It is not chocolates. It's not romantic dates. That's not intimacy. If you want to know what intimacy is, intimacy is Transparency. You're being 100% transparent. Remember, God wants to have an intimate relationship with you. He means, I want you to be transparent with me. That's what God wants in you, an intimate relationship, meaning you lay it all out. He already knows it, by the way. There's no secrets from God. You lay it all out like, God, here I am. Here's what it is. I want to have an intimate relationship with you. And the same is in a relationship with someone else. There has to be intimacy. Intimacy is no secrets. Listen, guys. It's no secrets. It's letting down walls. It's sharing all of who you are. It's opening your hearts. It's opening your dreams. It's opening your desires and your fears. Romance is just a byproduct of intimacy. Intimacy is what will hold the relationship together, being transparent. Being transparent, being intimate, and being vulnerable. That's what's going to hold a relationship together. So this is where we see him asking the lady for this in verse 14. He says, my dove in the cleft's rock, in the hiding places on the mountainside, show me your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. Church, that's what he's telling her. He said, I want you to be transparent with me. He said, I want to see you, the real you. I want to see who you are. I want to look you in the eyes while we talk and we discuss. You know, instead of saying, hey, come out here, let's talk. Mm. He's showing her intimacy. He said, I want to look you in the eye. I want to share our feelings. This is developing intimacy. All you married people, I want you to think about this. Why is it when you're dating, you feel so close to someone? Why is it when you're dating, you feel so close to someone? It's because you talk all the time, don't you? You talk all the time. You talk, talk, talk on the phones. You send messages, right? You, 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 you interact all the time. I remember when Mary and I was dating, we would talk on the phone for hours. And then finally, you know, it's really late into the morning, by the way, and I'm like, I got to go to work. I said, we got to go. And she always said, you hang up first. I ain't hanging up first. You hang up first, right? And so the conversation goes on for another 20 minutes. Nobody wants to hang up first. You talk all the time. And then you get married. Then you get married. And something happens. You stop talking. It's a very common problem. You get married, and then life starts to happen fast. You get busy, don't you? You get busy, and, and, and you wonder why you're not as intimate. For guys, guys, we don't need as much talk as the ladies do, do we? You girls, you need talk. You do. See, guys, we just want the headlines. Just give us the facts. Just give us the short story. Give us the quick version. Give me the facts. That, that's what I need to know. Ladies, no offense. Please don't take offense, but you want 60,000 pages of detail, My brain cannot hold that much detail. It can't. See, the girls, you want to know everything. That's okay. That's who you are. That's how God created you. But see, we're not opening up about everything, are we? And then suddenly, the women, you feel real lack of intimacy. Guys, one way that you can help your ladies out here is you talk. You're like, I don't know what to say. I told them I had a good day at work. How was work? Good? What what are we going to eat? That's what we do, right? Yeah, start talking to her. You know what? Start sharing your fears with her. Maybe come up with a a five-year plan. Here's where I want to see our family in five years. You want to get a girl talking? Tell her here's where I see ourselves in five years from now. She'll have all kinds of input on it. Tell her about your fears. Open up and talk about where you feel weak. Guys, you know you do feel weak in some areas. You are. You are weak in some areas. Talk about where you feel weak. Talk about where you feel vulnerable. You open up and you talk about even where you feel tempted. You should be sharing that with your wife, where you feel tempted. And when you do this, and by the way, listen, temptation isn't always sexual, okay? So, if someone says the word tempted when it comes to God, they instantly think sexual. No, you can be tempted in all kinds of ways. But when you do this, you will have a depth of intimacy that will truly build Your relationship. It's going to build your relationship. So I'm going to say something here that's going to make some of you guys feel uncomfortable. Guys and girls, this is maybe going to make you feel uncomfortable. Listen, if you, if there's a secret that you're keeping from your spouse, you are never going to have the intimacy that God desires for your marriage. Never. If you are withholding and you are keeping secrets You're never going to have that intimacy that God desires. So in all seasons, you pursue intimacy. Remember what intimacy is? Transparency. Transparency. Being close. You know, a lot of couples out here say, we're really close. There's there's a difference there. Being close by someone isn't being close to them. I'm talking about physically. Just because you share a house, just because you share food, just because you share a bed doesn't mean you're close at all. It doesn't mean you're close at all. Some have fallen into that rut by just being close because we're under the same roof, right? The good news is you can always improve that. You can always improve that. Be intimate. The third thing I want to share with you today is this. In every season, protect your purity. You protect your purity. You protect your physical and your sexual purity. Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 15, says this. Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. Now, I want to refresh your memory, what we talked about last week when we talked about the vineyards. That they're talking about our bodies, right? That's what the vineyards is being referred to in the Song of Solomon. And, and they're saying, catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. I want to give you a little bit of backstory here. In vineyards... Back in the day, foxes would come in, you know, the, 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 the grapevines would start to bloom, a little blossom would get on there, and the fox would come and eat the blossom, which then in turn meant there was no bud that was going to form there, which meant there were no grapes. And so they're saying here that they would never, <clears throat> that they would never get that intimacy they wanted because they were letting things get in the way. Think about this. If you're not yet married and you continue to date someone that consistently, make sure you hear the word I'm saying, consistently dishonors God with sexual purity, then you need to know you could be marrying someone that does not fear the standard of God. And I'm not talking about just sleeping together. I'm talking about pornography. I'm talking about wandering eyes. You know, you know I can look at the menu. Doesn't mean i got to buy it, right? Not, none of that kind of stuff. Consistently. You know, there are mistakes. There have always been mistakes since the history of mankind. But basically, when it comes to, to sexuality in your dating relationship, you have one of two options. I shared this with you the first week one of two options. The first one is this, you can honor God together. You can lay it out and say, you know what, we are going to make sure we are going to put the, all the checks in place that we're going to honor God as we are dating. Or the second option is this, we're going to sin against God together. Those are the options right there. If you want a marriage based on righteousness, I've never heard anybody say that they want to have a nasty marriage. Never. I've done a lot of pre-marriage counseling. I've never heard anyone say, you know what? I just want to tell you, preacher, I hope our marriage is horrible. No one's ever said that to me. Never. So if you want a marriage based on righteousness, then you date based on Righteousness. But here's what the world likes to do. they'll have a a, a dating relationship that anything goes. And then say, I'll pursue that marriage based on righteousness later when we're together. But listen, church, if you've messed up, like I told you, since the dawn of time, if you've messed up, let today be the day that you draw a line in the sand and say, from this day forward, this is how I'm going to handle it. Check out what the wife says to the husband in verse 16. She said, My beloved is mine and I am his. And he, <clears throat> he browses among the lilies. That's in the Bible, church. <laughs> that's that seventh grade boy that comes out a lot of you when you read that. Browses among the lilies, okay? That's, that's what she's saying, right? She said, My beloved is mine and I am his. And we're going to have fun. We're going to enjoy each other, is what she's saying. And then check out verse 17. It says this. Until the day breaks and the shadows flee, turn, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or like a young stag on the rugged hills. Church, they're saying no matter what, we're going to stand firm. That's what a gazelle does. That's, That's what a young stag does. He stands firm on those rugged hills. He has the footing to stand firm on those kind of hills. And so what they're saying there, no matter what, until the day breaks, until the shadows flee, we are going to stand firm in our relationship. Even though everything can be rough around us, even though the, the, the rocks are jagged, even though there's cliffs in front of us, we are going to stand firm. We have a foothold. Because our relationship is centered in Christ Jesus, church. That is the word of God from the Song of Songs, right there. So as I ask the praise team to come up here today, listen. If you want, do you realize how messed up the world is? I'm serious. It's so messed. If you want to see really messed up, and I'm not, I'm not putting any educators down. The enemy has gotten such a hold on our youth. It's not even funny. I went to parent-teacher conferences, and and mine was all good, by the way. (laughs) But the stories they were telling me, they asked me if I could come speak, and the the stories they're telling me about our young people, the enemy has a firm, tight grip on our young people. Anybody who works with them, you know what I'm talking about. You put them all together, and you see this. and, and, And so their view of how life should be, Their view about what a relationship should be, their view on even what a marriage should be, if they even believe in marriage, is so twisted and so screwed up. But listen, I want to tell you this. If you want what everybody else has, I'm talking about the world. You want a screwed up relationship? You want one that's messed up? You want one that's hard and filled with heartache? Then you do what everybody else is doing. Seriously. If you want what everybody else has, then you do what everybody else is doing. But if you want what a few people have, those who are willing to follow the word of God, those who are willing to stand firm for what they believe in and what it is that God has called them to, if you want what a few people have, then you do what a few people do. That's what God's word says. And it says this, you seek Christ first. You seek him first. Too many people are like, I gotta find a a girlfriend first, I gotta find a boyfriend first, I gotta find a spouse first, and and then I'll worry about God later. No, no, listen, you seek Christ first. You aren't seeking a spouse. You're not, church, you are seeking one, the one. The one and only God, right? And you're waiting on the two. You're seeking him first and you're waiting on the two. I love how the Bible says this. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, it says this. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. You seek that first. You seek his kingdom. You seek his righteousness. If you don't know what righteousness is, it's being made right with God, following his word, that you accepted Christ. He forgave you your sins. You've been made right. So you seek his kingdom. You seek his righteousness. And then the Bible says this, my favorite part. And then everything else will be added unto you. When you seek him first, you put him first. He says, I'll give you everything else on the back end. And here's the cool part. You end up wanting what he wants when you seek him first. So I asked you this this morning, church. Are you pursuing intimacy with him? You remember what intimacy means? Are you pursuing intimacy with our heavenly father? It means transparency where you're like, God, here I am, the smoking hot mess that I am. Here I am before you right now. I stand before you right now, Lord. I've got nothing to give you but my garbage. I've got nothing to give you but my pain. I've got nothing to give you but my hurt. And Lord, I stand before you now. You already know, but I want to tell you what it is. Are you pursuing intimacy with him, church? Are you going to him daily and praying to him? Sharing your faults with him, sharing your shortcomings. Do you remember what it says in Romans? All men fall short of the glory of God. That means all of us ladies too. You're included in that. It means every day you're gonna mess it up, but guess what, he gives you another chance. He gives you grace, he gives you forgiveness. You get another chance, another day, as long as you have breath in your lungs, another day to honor him and serve him. But you only get that grace and forgiveness when you accept Jesus Christ. So this morning, if there's someone here who's never given their life to Jesus, I mean, you're holding on to all this garbage I mean, you, you've made some messes, right? We all do it. I want you to know you've got to seek him first and his righteousness, and then he'll add the stuff on the back half. And so I want you to know, if that's you this morning, you feel God calling you, you come forward. We will pray with you. We have people up here. We'll pray with you. Man, if you want to get saved today, what a great day it is to do that a believer and you just need somebody to pray for you today because you've messed some stuff up. we got people who pray with you. We'd be happy to do that. Maybe you just need to lay it all bare to him today. Say, God, I want to be honest with you and I want to be transparent with you. So if that falls here to any single person, I really and truly, I want to encourage you, let today be the day that God is going to make things brand new in your life. So how about it, church? Let's stand together and let's sing. I want to encourage you to respond this morning.